got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. What is up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Crypto. We are so glad to have you here. Jeb is out, but as we know, every time Jeb leaves this office, it seems like something crazy happens. Today, it wasn't the price, but it was the news. Russia is potentially going to be treating cryptocurrency as currency. Pretty crazy. There's a lot of implications there. We will discuss that as a team, but that is some massive news that could bring some massive adoption to not only crypto, but Bitcoin. Also, we have very bizarre news coming out of, I don't even know what state that was, but $3.6 billion worth of money that was hacked from Bitfinex has been recovered by the DOJ. We discuss all of that and more. Great show today, different format. We're only be going for an hour, but it is packed with everything you need to know about crypto today so that you guys can continue to build financial sovereignty. As I said, Jeb is out at his business planning meeting, but that is nothing to be afraid of. If anything, it brings good news. I am joined today by my co-host first in the office, in the room, Kelly Kellum down from New York. How are you doing this morning, Kelly? I'm doing excellent. I'm just so happy we can all come together every day as we were talking about before we went live here. We all put our head together in a moment of prayer and uh, just make sure that our mind's right and that our voice is going to be centered and we can give you all the best value that, that we possibly can. And I'm just honored that we could be here and share our thoughts and our experience and hopefully help you uh, work through uh, the way we think through, uh, whether it be entries, exits, whatever it is, uh, just how to, how to treat your money the best way so you can have financial sovereignty. But with that, oh. I'm just excited to be here and uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. So uh, we'll throw it back to you, Mr. Tim. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm also joined by our technical director, and I think a lot of your guys' favorite person on the show as a whole, Smay, how you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Uh, there we go. Uh, I might, you know, wash my hair. It's all, all nice and floofy in the back, and uh, I have coffee here. It's a little cold now. Um, but I, I, I would like to take this opportunity, guys. This is my favorite time of the day. Favorite time of the week, even. Favorite time of the year. Even I can say that this morning. Uh, no, no, no. What I'm about to do. Oh, true, true, true. What I'm about to do is I'm about to say, man, I'm about, man, I'm about to say some really special people's names, and those really special people are, oh man, Tom Wilkes. We got Win Peoples, Mike Markle, JoJo, Crypto Set guy, dude. Uh, 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 let's see, what else we got here? Who else we got here? Uh, 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 Leon the Dutch, dude. Ricardo Vinegas, dude. You guys are, man, you guys are so cool. I love you guys. I love you guys so much. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much, May. Guys, as I said, this is going to be a short, shorter show, an hour long, but it's going to be packed. I'm, just so you guys know where we're going to be going with this here in just a minute, we're going to take a look at CoinGecko. As some of you know, CoinMarketCap has had some weird bugs when you go look at the 24-hour biggest winners and biggest losers. Uh, so we're looking at CoinGecko. There's also something interesting there going on with volume. I'm going to ask Kelly about that here in just a second. But after that, instead of jumping straight into TA, we're actually going to look at some headlines and quickly discuss what potentially that might mean for crypto. Then We'll jump into Bitcoin TA. We might even take a quick look at Ethereum, although there's a lot of similarities, so we're going to keep that brief. Then we will have a full-out discussion on exactly what all of you are thinking right now. What the heck are we going to do with this Russian news? What does it mean for crypto? We'll follow that up with some Q&A. We will look at HBAR and LINK for our two-minute technicals before wrapping out the show. So with that being said, Smay, let's go ahead and go to my screen and let's look at what's happening in CoinGecko. The first thing, as I mentioned, that I want to look at right now is look at it right here. I don't know how big this is for some of you guys, so I'll go ahead and just say it. 429 billion, 429 million, 685,721. That is the number of how much volume we have had in the last 24 hours. So before I go look at the biggest winners and losers, Kelly, what do we do with this? Because this is an all-time high for 24-hour volume, is it not? Uh, it's it's not an all-time high for 24-hour volume. It's definitely a local high in uh, in the last many, many months. Uh, but it, it's just it's one of those indications. Uh, we haven't had enough time to fully look into where, where the volume's coming from or why, but there's a lot of, and we're going to go over some of the news stories today, but there's a lot of things 
things going on behind the scenes and uh, the whole crypto ecosystem in terms of uh, majorly bullish news. But then here's other thing, potentially bullish news. And that's one thing that we will want to talk about today as well, because just because you have a bullish headline doesn't mean it's necessarily bullish news. So how do you really uh, decouple that that sort of opinion from fact? Right. Uh, But uh, yeah, there's just a lot of there's a lot of exuberance that's starting to uh, slightly spill into the market right now. But we've got to be very careful because that's when you start getting way over leveraged longs or over leveraged shorts. Uh, so we, we want to have some uh, healthy movement here in the market. And we're going to go over that when we dive into TA here in a second. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to keep moving on here. Bitcoin flirting right now around the 44,000 level. It's right now at 44,001, but it keeps flirting back and forth. Kind of, I've seen it several times this morning, go back and forth between 43, nine and 44. So that's something to keep an eye on. Only up 8.8% uh, in the last 24 hours, but we're going to discuss what that's going to look like at least over the next couple of days. And then again, there's a lot of unknowns, but potentially what that could mean about the next couple of months. Ethereum up 3.2%. Again, that's why we're going to take a quick look at it because as much as Ethereum and Bitcoin have been moving together, there's a clear difference between how much they've grown, 3.2% and 0.8%. So we will we will end up taking a quick look at Ethereum. The other big one I want to talk about here, Cardano up 1.6%, a lot of your guys' favorite coin. Uh, Solana up 1.8%. Let's look at what are the biggest losers and gainers are. Leo Token up 43.1%. Uh, Kelly, do you know anything about Leo Token? I definitely do not. Yeah, absolutely. Leo Token is a coin that's uh, very basically tied in with uh, Bitfinex. Uh, and the fact that we've had this huge, huge, uh, I think it was $4.5 billion hack back in 2016, in which, you know, they've recovered uh, around $3.6 billion of it, you know, from this whole money laundering scheme. We'll get into mm-hmm. that in a moment. But uh, Leo is part of Bitfinex uh, uh, ecosystem. And because this, uh, this money is looking like it may be recovered and, you know, there's a correlation between the DOJ or, or connection and uh, cooperation between the DOJ and Bitfinex, hmm. uh, meaning that there could be uh, essentially, a, you know, recovery from yeah. egg on their face and yep. uh, the money back into the ecosystem. Yeah, we're going to discuss that here in just a second. Let's look at the biggest loser. It's not that big. It's it's humans.ai and it's down 3.4%. So not overall that like bad of a day. If you even look only, let's see this one, two, three, four, only four projects are even in the red. So overall, we had a bullish day yesterday, but before we jump into the headlines, because we are about to go there, I just want to urge you guys, if you guys are loving this show, if you guys love being a part of this community, hit that like button, consider subscribing. We have daily content coming to you. Every single morning we have a show, 9.30 to roughly, whether it's today it's at 10.30, but a lot of times we end up closer to a little bit 11. We have afternoon videos coming out. In case you're not able to see the majority of the show, we have clips that come out every afternoon at four. We have an afternoon video coming out every day at two. And guess what, guys? I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but we have some special stuff coming out this weekend. You don't want to miss it, but one of the best ways to do that is to hit that subscribe button. So with that being said, Kelly, what are some of the big headlines that we are looking at that have, I mean, we're going to talk about Russia a little bit later, but other than Russia, what are the big headlines? Well, other than Russia, you can go to my screen there, uh, Smey. We, of course, it's the major, major, major news story that, uh, you know, I remember when it broke yesterday, uh, I ran into Jeb's office and and she was just like, hey, we got to check this, check into this. But as you can see here on my screen, the U.S. Justice Department seized $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin from from the 2016 Bitfinex hack. Uh, Now, this is uh, pretty incredible for a number of reasons. One, because uh, I think the initial hack was, uh, the the total amount hacked would now be worth around 4.5 billion. But essentially what, uh, to break the story down briefly for you, essentially what happened was uh, the the Justice Department and whoever was, uh, you know, the financial agencies, the the watchdogs watching on this, they basically tracked thousands and thousands of different uh, transactions that basically all trace back to a single wallet held by uh, a, a person named Ilya Liechtenstein and uh, another, uh, his wife, Heather, Heather Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing about that is Heather Morgan was actually a contributing writer for Forbes, uh, yes. as well as being, and we, we played the video last night, uh, uh, quite humorous rap video that uh, I guess she was a, a, a up and coming or, or wannabe sort of a rapper, but it was quite, quite humorous. But the interesting thing here is, think about 
about this. This is also a huge bullish, uh, a bullish exposition, if you will, because this four four point five billion that was uh, what it's worth now was stolen. When it was originally stolen, it was only worth seventy one million dollars. Okay, yeah. so that that tells you uh, how strong it is to uh, uh, buy and hold. There's no need for uh, the trading unless you really put the effort into learn trading. But uh, separate from that, uh, the, the the interesting thing here is the fact that the DOJ and Bitfinex are, as I said before, uh, in cooperation. They're, they are going to be trying to get as much as much of the funds as they can back to the victims of that attack from uh, 2016. Mm. The only other caveat here that I wanted to mention is uh, this also would ha have some sell pressure that was within the market in the last uh, uh several months or, or, or uh, years in the fact that they were they were liquidating thousands of Bitcoin uh, through many different transactions, basically converting it, trying to get it different ways to convert it to fiat currency, uh, which was obviously putting some sell, uh, contributing to some sell pressure within the Bitcoin market. Yeah. Uh, another well, story. Well, I was just to say real quick before Go we ahead. move on, uh, you know, two takeaways from that story. One, if you were one of the ones who got hacked back in Bitfinex, keep an eye out for how you can get your money back. Number two, uh, if you're trying to do a, a grand uh, crime spree, uh, crypto is probably not the place to do it because you will get caught. Oh, that is excellent. And that this is one of the things that I, I do want to uh, vibe on that for just a moment. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that the ignorant mass media that is, uh, uh, and I say ignorant because if they, if they really understood crypto, they would not have the stance that the people that are opponents of uh, Bitcoin or crypto would, would have. Because when you understand the fact that everything you're doing is being uh, transparently tracked and printed on a blockchain forever, all that can be, it's essentially the, the hardest paper trail you could ever have. So the mm -hmm. fact that people accuse, uh, you know, basically whether it be money laundering or uh, uh, illegal purchases or, or use cases, whatever, all that is, it's actually disincentivized and is starting to be shown by all these things slowly coming to light as, as the different watchdog agencies gain the ability to understand how to read through these, uh, these paper trails, these blockchain trails, if you will. Uh, and it really is one of the biggest things that supports uh, yeah. proper use cases and and healthy healthy hygiene of uh, money use. Uh, and the what was that you said you didn't want to go over the rest. Well, right let's now? do we're gonna do Russia a little bit later. Let's go. I know there's two other stories that are really big that people need to know about. What are yeah, those absolutely ones? Wells Fargo, which is interesting because they are obviously a major bank uh, in the in the banking world uh, globally, especially here in the U.S. Uh, they they've put out a report that argues that it's not too late to invest in crypto, which is. Uh, a huge shift in uh, sentiment from major mm. banks uh, nationally here uh, to put out, uh, to, you know, and put this in bold print, uh, not only to their users, but also, you know, online and uh, sharing it across uh, across all the mediums. Uh, but they, they were trying to basically essentially say that right here, uh, that it's not too early or too late. Uh, the too early, I think, is an incredibly uh, good thing to highlight here because yeah. the point, the, the reason why that's important, because what they're saying by not too early is there's so there there's they've essentially through their uh investi investigative sort of means of uh, you know breaking down and understanding uh cryptocurrency as it relates to traditional finance and safety of investment they're saying that this is a robust enough economy now ecosystem uh within the cryptocurrency asset space mm. that you're not putting yourself in too high of risk by investing in this yeah. new thing because yep. it's no longer a new thing it is established it has an economy that's built around it and and it also has regulations that are starting to come in to help people understand that. Uh, and the last thing I just wanted to uh, bring up just as a talking point uh, is the fact that, uh, where's this at? The iPhone. Yeah, iPhone. Yeah. Yep. So... Uh, I, Apple, I, the, the iPhone is now uh, basically putting, uh, pushing a feature uh, that's a, a, a tap to pay, uh, and this isn't directly re related to crypto, but it is by by. Uh, it is by means of association because it's not it's not necessarily saying that you can uh, immediately tap anybody can just tap to pay crypto to other users. It's, it's essentially saying that uh, because of. Uh, because of the NFC technology, which is a near field communication, which is essentially like, excuse me, essentially like having two devices near each other and then being yeah. able to read, whether it be Bluetooth, whatever, whatever uh, technology that you, they're using to do that. Uh, it's allow, allowing the iPhone to be a, a point of sale device for any merchants, which means uh, anybody that's tr going to pay, they can use their other iPhones or, uh, you know, other mobile devices to click to tap to pay, whether it be Apple Pay, whether it be, I think in here they're currently partnered with Stripe. 
Stripe and they're going to be allowing other uh, uh, processing uh, agencies uh, and companies to uh, integrate with uh, the tap to pay function soon. Yeah. But the, this is a key point right here. According to Apple, uh, the soon to be launched tap to pay feature will extend to, to support Apple Pay, contactless credit and debit cards and other digital wallets. It basically means that unless Apple places a direct barrier for it, customers who are using Coinbase card, Crypto.com, Visa card or other similar crypto payment cards would be able to use their cryptocurrency holdings to make payments uh, via tap to pay on Apple. Now, all these things are very small dominoes. And we talk about dominoes a lot here on the channel lately because all the dominoes are starting to fall. And it's going to take, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dominoes and all different uh, aspects of our economy, ecosystem, uh, merchant services. Uh, all these things need to slowly line up. And they, mm -hmm. they, they are. And this is going to be this is going to end up uh, uh, matriculating into something much bigger down the line. But right now, absolutely. this is just the first uh, step in that direction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I was just going to say, like, it, we want a lot of mass adoption. But before you can have mass adoption, you got to have a route for actual use cases. So whether this actually brings a lot of price action to Bitcoin or cryptos, probably not immediately, but it's a method and a use case so that when people are ready to start using crypto as currency, like they might be doing soon in Russia, this will allow it to be a seamless and quicker transition and uh, bring a, and a use case. So we're going to go ahead and move into TA. But before we get there right now, we have, let's see here, 1,600 people watching, only 350 likes. Uh, that's not a good ratio. Let's get that like number up. Hit that like button. I know some of you guys are wondering, you just joined in, where the heck is Jeb? Jeb, every second Wednesday of the month has a planning meeting for business. We are a business. We don't just get up and make videos. That would be fun. Um, but there's a lot of, lot of details behind the scenes. And so he really needs to be at that meeting. But that means one of two things. One, you get uh, me. Uh, which is always fun. And number two, it it seems like every single time he does this, something massive happens in crypto. So we're not seeing the price happen yet, but we got a lot of mourning left. Uh, we're definitely seeing the news pop off with really important things. So it's always a good thing when Jeb leaves, and it's always a good thing when he comes back. So tomorrow's going to be good too. But let's go ahead, Smay, uh, as people are hitting that like button and hitting subscribe, let's go ahead and go to my chart and let's do technical analysis on Bitcoin. Also, this whole stream is brought to you guys today by TradingView Premium. You're definitely going to want it. It is awesome. Some of you already know what it is. If you're on the fence on it, just you know, go to the link down below and hit it. it it's well worth it. And we're going to show you why here in just a second. But I want to start off on Bitcoin on the daily chart. Just kind of updating you guys in case this is the first day you've been in here this week. Thank you so much for joining the show. But on the daily chart, we have acknowledged we broke a three month now downtrend. So this this downtrend started back in November when we hit the all time high and we have been under this level of resistance ever since. But of course, a couple of days ago, we did break through, which is awesome. It is bullish. One of the things we love to do on this channel is give you guys hope where there's hope, but also not necessarily let it cross into a hopium where we don't let you know that there's also some downsides as well. So I want to start by saying, guys, we broke a downtrend now. Let me bring you back down to earth before we start partying, before we start rallying and saying, guys, Bitcoin's going right back to all time high again. Just so you guys know, we broke a downtrend over here as well. We had a downtrend over here back in the summer where we broke and everyone was very convinced. Hey, guys, this is awesome. Guess what? The first time we broke it, it didn't stay very long. After a couple of days, we ended up falling back below it. The second time we broke it, great. And I'm not saying we have to do that. You know, before people were like, oh, here's Tim saying that we're going to be bearish again, which we might, so I am actually saying that. But I'm saying just because we broke it doesn't mean that we're out of the woods yet. And we're going to look at a couple other indicators and different things to show you, hey, guys, there's a lot of reason to think we're not out of the woods yet. But I did want to let you know we broke that trend. That is bullish. For right now, the bulls do appear to be in control. Another really good thing that, that bulls have done, and, and those of you who have followed me on Twitter and have watched the show in the last couple of weeks know that this was a really big point to me because I am, you know, there's still a reason why I think we would it would be nice to go down to 33,000. And I know some people think that's a bearish move. I actually, for bullish reasons, think it would be really good for us to go back down at least below 35,000 on a close on the daily chart. But what I said was that if we can close on a daily chart above 44,000, we potentially could avoid going back down to the low 30s. And guess what? We didn't do it by a lot. But yesterday, if you guys look in nice and close, that is a daily close above the $44,000 level. What does this do for us? This cancels out what could have been some bearish continuation RSI divergence. What do I mean by that? Look right here at this peak here. Look over here. Clearly, we have an uptick. It's a that's a very slight uptick in price action, but it is an uptick. So for right now, we're not out of the woods yet. This could just be a false signal, 
but we did technically cancel out that bearish RSI divergence that I was keeping an eye on. Now, I still believe, and again, some of you might already see this, there's a very, very real opportunity that what we could be doing over the next couple of days is setting up a what? A inverse head and shoulders pattern. What do I mean by that? You guys can see right here, we have clearly set a really nice left shoulder. We have a nice head sitting right here. Could we potentially come back down to these levels somewhere in the region of 40,006 to 39.6 and create for ourselves a right shoulder. If this were to happen, let me just go ahead and pretend that the price action ends up coming down here. If I draw my neckline right here, I'm going to draw it all the way over here, pretending, you know, we're going to get over there. If I were to, let me move this real quick so I can get the bottom of the price action. If I were to take the bottom action of this head, which is right here, come all the way up to the neckline and then extrapolate this and move it up the charts, we would have a price prediction of roughly $59,700. Now, I don't think that's going to happen very quickly. I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen beforehand. Now, news could change that. Russia's This news with Russia, this adoption that we have with the iPhone, the adoption we have, there's news we didn't even talk about yet, but I mean, we're not going to be able to talk about it today, but PayPal's doing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of adoption stories coming out. However, we have made the mistake before. Oh, I forgot about Super Bowl ads. Super Bowl ads are coming here this next weekend. We've made the mistake before about getting really excited about fundamental news that's in the works but not certain yet and then we freak out and we start buying thinking bitcoin's doing nothing but going up and the whales are just sitting there saying hey they're willing to buy i'm willing to sell i'll take my profit go back down let them get scared i'll buy some more boom now i get to skyrocket it so i want you guys to be protected and protect yourself before you just start rejoicing. Make sure you're understanding, hey, I got to keep my head on my shoulders. Yes, this news is important, but let's wait for this news to become certain before we make decisions based off of it. Also, it's not a time to ignore the charts because yes, absolutely, when big pieces of news break and they happen, it does sometimes mix up what the TA is saying. However, it's still, the technical analysis still gives you a picture to be able to say, okay, do I see increased volume? Do I see these indicators confirming with the news that this is happening? Do I see formations forming that back up that these news articles are really that important? I'm not saying that you can't make great decisions based off of news alone, but imagine how great you can make a decision if you understood perfectly what was happening in the news and you came over here to the charts and said, hey, the charts are confirming this is exactly what's going to happen. So I just wanted to let you guys know, you know, before you freak out, there are potentials that that could dampen the parade. That's exactly what whales love to do. They love to get people excited so that they can fake them out, they can dip the price so that they can get more of the supply and then they wanna skyrocket it after you've kind of been like, oh, I fell for this before, it's not gonna happen, we're not going up, I'm not buying, and then they buy it all and it goes up. So that's the first thing I wanted to say on the daily chart. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot of technical analysis there, more a lot of speculation. Let's go a little bit deeper into the four hourly chart and the hourly chart because this is gonna tell us potentially what's happening over the next couple of days. So as you guys can see, we are, we, you know, after setting a bull, a bull pole right here, a, a flagpole, and then our flag, we kind of hesitated in the middle of it. And what do I mean by that? If we were to set this flagpole from the bottom to the top, we had a price prediction that probably would put us somewhere in the region of $46,000. Now, this didn't surprise me. It did surprise some others, or maybe it's 47. Let me look at that price. 48,000, actually. So theoretically speaking, this flag could have put us all the way up to 48,000. I'm not surprised that we hesitated on 44,000 because that was a key level of resistance that we dealt with a little bit ago. However, what I'm looking at right now, while I still believe that there is a small chance we go back down to the lower 30s, but a pretty good chance that we're going to be going down probably at least to 40,000, if not 39,000, what I do expect over the next couple of days is a rally to a, a close on the 4 hourly chart above this level right here of 44,800. And, and other charts, I think it says 44,500. But I think we potentially could close around 45 which would set up bearish RSI divergence. Let me explain to you what I'm going to go here. And then I'm going to explain this really quickly, throw it to Kelly, because I know he has a lot of takes as well. And I even want to hear Smay's take, even though he's not uh, you know, a technical analyst, his price analysis on what he thinks is happening here. So look at this happening right here. We have not set up bearish RSI divergence on the four hourly chart. A lot of trends change, and you're actually, you're going to see when we talk about it later in other videos, the reason why I'm so big on RSI divergence is it tells a big story. But we have not had bearish RSI divergence set up 
yet on the four hourly chart. But look at how close we are to this peak. It would not take that much action for the price to come up here and close above this level, but the RSI at the same time not get that high. If that were to happen, we would have a downtick in RSI, an uptick in price action. That would be strong bearish RSI divergence. Guess what would happen then? If that were to happen, it would send us back down to what? Oh, probably our last level of really strong resistance sitting right here at, what is it? Around $41,000. Guess what the next level is that we actually have pretty good you know, strength for? 40,500. That would set up what I was talking about just a second ago with an inverse head and shoulders pattern. So let's keep an eye on that. In fact, I want to show you I made this prediction on, uh, you know, don't take the time frames on this very seriously. I made this prediction though on Twitter, and I want to see if it comes true. This is what I'm kind of anticipating the price action to look like over the next couple of days. As you guys can see, we come up, we close a bit, uh, you know, a little bit, maybe over 45,000. We come down, we we show little reliefs as if maybe we're we're gonna bottom out, but we end up setting lower lows, lower highs. We go into a short-term downtrend to set up the RSI divergence before we actually potentially have that rally from an inverse head and shoulders pattern. That is what I am seeing on the charts. Kelly, I want to know what you're seeing. And then after you, what you say, I want to hear what Smay thinks about future price action in light of all of this news. Yeah, absolutely. Here, uh, and by the way, I'm going to tell you all to your faces, I watched back some of the streams so I could get better. Okay. And I am absolutely going to stop saying the darn word. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, with clear distinction here, uh, what I, what I want to pull up here is on the market cipher. Uh, we're, if, if we want to see what a clear buy signal is, uh, in terms of, I'm not saying to buy, and I'm talking about in terms of the way market cipher is read for, uh, for these sort of trade signals. Uh, we have the VWAP coming. I'm on the four hourly here on Bitcoin. We have the VWAP coming up quite sharp here. Uh, we got a, the momentum has shifted back to the upside. RSIs are up and the money flow you can see is ticking up as well. And that's in direct correlation here with the po uh, positive price action. Also with a very strong bullish 15 on the uh, bullish pressure for the DBSI. Now that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing here on the, on the shorter term timeframes. But in terms of what you were saying on, on the longer term scale, uh, I couldn't agree more with all the things you said. We've got a, a long trend line. I'm not going to zoom out here, but there's a quite a trend line that comes, goes way back that we we're basically sort of uh, bouncing off of, which is also right here at the 382 on the fib from our recent drop. But at the same time, as much upward momentum as we get, we still have to break through not only these uh, these various uh, high. Uh, support and resistance levels, uh, but also uh, this major golden pocket uh, retracement level here. And, and until we get above this 52 level, it's, it, we still have very, very, very clear uh, opportunity uh, for the bulls to take control and just make this be a dead count bounce. So that being said, there are bullish uh, signals that are happening right now, and it's showing that there's going to be some upside movement, most likely, but that's not to be said that it's going to be up, up, and away from here. So yeah. play it safe, play it smart. Uh, and, and I had several things Things I was going to show, but I'm going to just going to break it down to. Uh, oh, this this is the major support I was talking about, uh, and you can see here the only time we've broken it was in the Black Swan event. Uh, this was in uh, March of 2020, and then here we're basically bouncing directly off of that. Uh, the last thing I wanted to show was oh this this right here. This is incredible. Uh, this is uh, the short term to long term coin ratio, and if you see these basically bullish divergences on the price action as as it relates to this metric here. Once we get down into this massive, uh, this green box down here uh, with these, with, with this bullish divergence, look at this price action that has come out of these, out of these, uh, these divergences here. And we are, we have been setting this up all the way since the 29 K low all the way back in, I think this was uh, the July, right before this giant uh, move up. Uh, and the last thing I'll leave you with here is everybody's wondering about altcoins in relationship to Bitcoin. Well, I found this from uh, 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 Velvet Mad Max here on Twitter. And he's basically has this setup showing these three different zones. And we are essentially uh, going basically starting to build this accumulation, this green line here, this is a uh, this is basically uh, taking the, the, the bar patterns and copying and pasting. We're essentially right here, we have the high likelihood, uh, based on the way this uh, sort of fractal is playing out. And it has uh, previously, uh, that we could be going into uh, April, uh, early May into a very strong uh, all 
Bitcoin season. So, uh, you know, hold tight, hold fast. Don't make huge trades just on uh, speculation. But these are the types of things that can help give you some sort of foreshadowing to see if certain patterns play out. And if they do, then you're already prepared ahead of time versus trying to catch a rocket once it's already on its way up or catch a yeah. falling knife after it's already falling. Yeah, and I, and I know, I mean, I'm looking through chat. I, listen, guys, I, I feel you. I feel you that you want the price to just go ahead and go up. But the truth is, you know, first of all, this whole show, Jeb's opinion, my opinion, you know, Kelly's opinion, Smay's opinion, it's based off of the research we do and the, the training that we've gone through. But I love for you guys to give your opinions, but I also think it would be irresponsible of us to just want to ride a train because we've been in an uptrend to say, guys, it's only up from here. We want to warn you the best we can. And if you disagree, great, buy, wait. And if you're wrong, if you're right and we're wrong, I am so happy for you. I just want to make sure that you're not wrong and I'm right and you missed it and ended up losing money. Uh, that would give me no pleasure whatsoever. This is not a I told you so channel. This is a let's get the best information to these people because we love them as we can. And if we're wrong and they were right, great. That is amazing. That's what we root for. Smay, real quick, before we jump into discussion about Russia, because that is the big thing of the day, I want to hear your take about the price action of Bitcoin. Even though you don't do technical analysis, you obviously were following on that. What are your thoughts? You hear that? It's really, it's really quiet. Almost too quiet. It's almost too quiet. You know what? Here's the thing about it. I have a suspicion, and I, I'm just going to be 100% upfront. This is just a theory, right? And I'm, it's not like there's, I don't want anybody to make any kind of moves based on what I'm about to say. But there's a part of me that's saying, hmm, what are the, what are the, the whales up to right now? What are they up to? And maybe, maybe is there something here to do with maybe the Super Bowl coming up? Hmm, maybe. Because here's what I'm thinking about. Is there potentially some people, I mean, we're definitely a little bit pretty bullish right now, a little bit, you know, like we're in terms of like right now we've yeah. went up to like 45, right? Uh, so if we're, there's some, definitely some people buying here. There's some people buying and holding. There's not a lot of selling, right? I wonder if this is one of those slow builds, right? Where people are buying this rumor thinking that there's going to be something big happening around the Super Bowl time and the whales are sitting here waiting to make a huge move. Uh, here soon based off of potentially, you know, if there's a potentially maybe a dump or FOMO or whatever that happens here soon, I just, there's a rumbling. There's mm. a little, there's just, hmm, I don't know what it is. I think potentially we're going to see something pretty drastic happen here in the next like week. Uh, and the reason why I say that, and I don't even want to say, well, could go up, could go down. I mean, like something pretty crazy is probably going to happen here in the next week. And maybe, you know, maybe that's just me on my crystal ball. I'm just being all weird. But like, I don't know. Maybe there's yeah. something with the Super Bowl lining up and some of these news stories lining up that's coming up. They're pretty big. And I'm just like, mm, something, something, hmm, something here. There's going to be some kind of movement. And mm. I think it's going to be a, not a small movement, not a inconsequential one. But I think a pretty consequential thing is going to be happening here soon. That's my opinion. And that could be based off of absolute nothing but fairy tales, but that's just how I feel. Yeah. Can I? I wanted to say one thing. I saw somebody uh, so, something somebody said in chat, and it just made me chuckle. We're we're trying to go over all of the context of where, what the market's going to do on the short term in the this midterm uh, trend that we're in, which is choppy. We've been in a downtrend. We're chopping around right now. But at the end of the day, every single person on this channel is absolutely as bullish as we can be about oh, yeah. where. Bitcoin's going where it's going, but in the in the interim between now and then, the price movement's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to go sideways. And there's a lot of people that are that are DCAing and buying. That's all good. Do it. I, I support that. Uh, for for the people that are trading and they're trying to figure out, you know, they're they're they keep selling at tops and are sorry, selling at bottoms and buying at tops. We're trying to help people see see these charts and think through this and have the way to conceptualize. Even though the the market starts to move up. That's not when, if you're trading, you just go all in uh, because the market could very easily reverse when we're in these choppy environments. So are we short term uh, undecided about the direction? The whole market is right now, which is why the market's choppy. That All mm -hmm. we're doing is reading what we're seeing and helping you read it for yourself as well. But we are as bullish as we can be about where this is all going. Yeah. And again, we could keep on talking TA for days, but it is time to jump into the discussion about Russia. So before we discuss it, uh, let's see, Kelly, can you go ahead and read the headlines. Let us know the details because there are some details. It's not just as simple as Russia is going to. There are some stipulations. And then we'll discuss that as a team, what that might mean for Bitcoin and crypto. Yes. 
I distinctly will. Distinctly. <laughs> I yeah. almost said the word that I shall not say. <laughs> uh, so Rus the Russian government and the central bank have basically agreed uh, to treat Bitcoin as a currency. That does not mean they're making it legal tender. It means they are going to treat it as such. And uh, in, in all reality, what they're doing is what our U.S. government should do in, in respect to how we are approaching uh, cryptocurrency, which is seeing that this is a huge, huge uh massively uh, utilized thing globally. And it's a, it's an opportunity for incredible profit center in terms of tax revenue. So they've already estimated uh, with, uh, with their, with them breaking this down and going over the reports and trying to, uh, you know, understand this, if they should or shouldn't do it, that the first year alone, they could essentially make around $13 billion in taxes. And that's before they get all the, all the, the, the structure in place to, and how they're going to operate it. Now, essentially what they're going to be doing is I don't, I think it was, they're not going to be taxing anything that's under or anything that's over $8,000 in value. And in, in their scale, it has to do with rubles. They're not uh, going to tax anything over. No, no, it's not that. No, you don't have to. You don't have to report anything that's gotcha. under eight thousand. But it, it's you have, by law, you have to report every transaction uh, that's over eight thousand, uh, eight thousand dollars in value. Uh, so it's, and it, essentially, what they want to do is they want to tie in uh, the the this, the central bank of Russia uh, with license licensing practices with other licensed uh, institutions and exchanges. Uh, so that one, it allows you to track what's going on with your digital currencies. Uh, and this, they call it analog, uh, analog forms of currency. Uh, they don't want to mm. call them digital currencies for whatever reason. Uh, but it's allowing them to uh, essentially get the government claws, get the government, uh, you know, hooks into this unre seemingly unregulatable uh, ecosystem in, in, in digital currencies. But at the end of the day, what they're, what they're going to be able to do is they're going to be able to, uh, because there's regulations that are going to, and this isn't fully done yet. They still have some legend, the, the lower house of parliament still has to uh, fill in some of the gaps of all the, the, this, the, the details of some of the interregulatory things that they have to do to make this pass. But they're in, in agreement that they want this to be done. And, and yeah. it, it could signal big because they're one of the major uh, five, uh, you know, super superpowers of the world. Uh, and the fact that uh, they're, they're moving forward with this, it'll be very interesting to see how, either the U.S. government or China. Uh, I know China's already had their wishy-washy ways about all this, uh, but uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are, Tim, and how this is going to uh, spill over into the, the global yeah. Uh, yeah, Politics. so I, I've discussed this a little bit uh, with you, Kelly, this morning. Uh, just so you guys know, it's really cool. I I got I have the privilege of hosting Kelly while he's down here. Uh, so him and I get to go home every single night, talk about work, talk about news, also chill and just uh, hang out. But we talked about this a little bit because uh, this news uh, broke last night, actually. It was uh, after I made you that lovely dinner. It was yeah, He made some steak that was phenomenal. <laughs> anyway, it, I, I want to see what happens because, you know, I think there's a lot of people just jumping to that this uh, – I'm going to back up. This is bullish. Russia is a massive country. Russia's uh, Russia's economic state, while not the same as America or China, is still one of the largest economies in the world. So the fact that, that Russia is going to be at least treating crypto as a currency, it's not going to be legal tender the same way El Salvador has it, but it's going to be treatable like a currency. That's massive news that a lot of people are just going to jump on and say, guys, Bitcoin is about to skyrocket. What I want to know, and I don't know the answer to this, so I want to start by saying we don't know, but I want to see how other major countries respond. Because unless you've been under a rock recently, not a lot of countries are, in, uh, are friends with Russia right now. We're not really happy with what's happening over there, right? Like it or not. What will some of these governments do in retaliation? Will they jump on the bandwagon with Russia and say, well, if Russia is going to make it uh, currency, then we're going to do it too, which would be phenomenal, which would be bullish. It's a very real possibility. I think a lot of people are in that camp. But potentially, could some countries in retaliation say, oh, if Russia's touching it, because we know that the Biden administration at least said that uh, there's going to be some talk about this here coming in the next couple of weeks due to national security – if Russia is exchanging crypto constantly, could potentially an uneducated American government on crypto worry that if America is using a lot of crypto, it could become a national security problem and move to be even more strict with how we regulate it? Now, again, there's no facts to that, but I'm saying we have to open up our minds to the potential of a very bullish move 
or potentially a very bearish move. And so with that, you know, Smay or Kelly, what are your thoughts about those two potentials? You can go ahead, Smay. Uh, can you the man that? of the say, people? Can you so the two potentials of one, the rest of the world and the powerful governments say, you know what, if Russia is going to do it, we have to jump on so that we can stay up to date. Or do they say, oh, if Russia is touching that, we don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Let's create very strict regulation. Oh, no, it's definitely option one. And I okay. and I think here's the thing, guys. The cold storage war. Here, here's <laughs> the thing about it. Let me just tell you this, guys. Let me tell you guys this. You know, it's like kind of like a it's kind of like a gateway drug into uh, into being full, just going straight into adoption. You know, it starts there, and you always get you know it's the worry signs. So I'll tell you what, guys, this is huge, bigger than what it might do to the price, right? It's getting people familiar and used to the idea of cryptocurrency as currency, right? Like this is something that I think is so massive because he, the thing is, like, this is setting the example. That obviously, I think other countries are going to be in competition. I mean, think about the space race. Think about that. When when a country starts investing in a new technology, nine times out of ten, countries don't go, "Ew, we're not even going to do that." They're going to yeah. try to get all their people, their smartest minds, to do it even better. And you know, honestly, guys, this is going to be interesting to see. Now, I think some countries are going to take this and make try to make their own CBDCs or whatever, and yeah. be like, "Oh, this is guys, we're getting into crypto." You know. No, but I think there's going to be definitely be a lot more countries that are going to come into this uh, this landscape. See that Russia's starting to get friendly with it. They're going to start to get friendly with it, and then Russia's going to one up them, and then somebody else is going to one up them, and then they're going to one up each other, and they're going to keep one up each other until there's kind of some big adoption happening. Uh, and so, guys, this is this is huge because it's it's not even just Bitcoin at this point. This is opening the door for more opportunities for governments to plug in DeFi and blockchain into their into their you know, utilization. Um, so I, I really think this is something that can be very massive, uh, not just right now, but for the future of easing people into the idea, because guys, you have to remember this is, we're still, um, we're still relying on the, the older generation to learn a new, the younger to new technology, uh, as these, the generations and the people who are more used to technology are taking over and taking into power and all this stuff, guys, it's just a matter of time. And the best way to get that transfer to happen and get us ourselves set up right is getting the current system familiar, at, at least just familiar. Mm. And then when the next generation comes in, the next generation is going to be the ones to bring in the adoption. And to, to be clear, it's not like they're absolutely the first to do this. I mean, here in the U.S., for instance, we haven't declared it as a current but the, currently the U.S. government is, you know, taxing uh, crypto, you know, uh, based on, uh, you know, whether you're short-term games or long-term games. But the, the biggest hurdle here in the U.S. is that there's so much ignorance. I mean, absolute ignorance within our, with our, when our government around it and they're, you know, contending whether or not it should be regulated, whether it should be stopped, whether it should be shut down, whether it should be supported. Uh, and that right, that in itself uh, sort of breeds discontent uh, and, and kind of slows down the adoption in terms of just the mass populace. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 the race that's happening here is a race to uh, the best framework for the, the best reg regulatory framework to, to, to make Make money as a government while also supporting technology and development and growth. Yeah. So, so here's, I'm going to wrap this up and then we're going to move on to our Q and a, cause I know that you guys have a lot to say about this as well. There's, 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 first of all, let's wait for February 18th. Let's wait for February 18th and actually find out what Russia is doing. I, again, I said that before I'll say it again. Sometimes we jump to conclusions before knowing details and that's not a good thing to do. Secondly, I agree with you, Smay, that I do think that it's going to cause uh, other governments to get more involved in crypto. What I'm, I'm more wanting to find out the details of is the language was pretty unclear. It says that it didn't say Bitcoin. It didn't say Ethereum. It said crypto as currency. Governments could look at this and say, yes, we need to up our CBDC. They're looking at stories like what just happened with recovering the that Bitfinex hacks hack, and they're realizing, just like I said, the governments are gonna realize, wow, you know, if if people are doing things through crypto, it's actually pretty easy to track them if they're doing something illegal. But What's going to happen is they're going to look at the success rate right now of stable coins. It's going to incentivize them to create those CBDCs. It's going incent to incentivize them to create regulation that makes it very difficult for other cryptos. And it funnels everything to those CBDCs because they still want the U.S. dollar or 
you know, the British pound or the Chinese yuan, they still want those to have authority and power, but they know they can utilize them through CBDCs. I'm not saying that's final. What I was opening up is, hey, I really do hope, and I think there's a good chance that this will be a massively bullish news for Bitcoin, for Ethereum, for Cardano, for all of crypto. However, I'm not going to close my eye or look away from the potential of this becoming, we already don't like regulation, but we know it's coming. Could it become even stricter and more invasive regulation that ends up making Bitcoin and Ethereum and Cardano a little bit harder to actually grow? That's something we have to continue to analyze and look at the details as they come out. I really, you know, I, I don't like trying to rain on parades. What I hate more, though, than raining on parades is people being way, 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 too bullish and then writing us emails talking about how they lost thousands if not millions of dollars it breaks my heart i've literally had conversations with jeb before where jeb started crying reading emails we get from people telling us about being wrecked in cryptocurrency because they jumped on a train way too early guys if we could do nothing else it is to help you prevent that you will make money in crypto but but do it wisely. Mm. That being said, I do want to jump into Q&A. Before I do, though, I said this stream is brought to you by TradingView Premium. I'm not even going to go very long about it. I I love it. I love TradingView Premium. It has changed the way I do things. Again, a year and a half ago, I didn't know anything about crypto, didn't know anything about trading, definitely didn't know anything about technical analysis. Ever since I learned how to use technical analysis and I've been operating on TradingView, I, I just can't sugarcoat. Like I am up in the green. Like even throughout this miss, this this fallback, I'm still in the green of my investments because I'm able to read the charts. Trading view is extremely valuable. And again, if you have premium, you're able to use the things like Lux Algo. You're able to get some of these indicators like TD Sequential. The free version, unfortunately, doesn't have those. You could get away with the free version. I don't want to say you can't use it. There's just so many benefits to getting the paid version. I heavily encourage you guys, if you haven't already, go get Trading View Premium. It will not be something you regret. But let's go to super chat. This is a little bit different because I'm sitting in the host seat, but I'm still going to read the super chat. So let's see how this goes. Uh, we do have a new Jedi Youngling. Why you loud? So thank you so much. Why you loud? <laughs> yeah, that's a good name. Why you loud? Why Welcome you loud? to the community. Uh, we love having you here. Sauce Boss 95 said this yesterday. I want to read it. Uh, and Kelly, I want you to answer this one because I think you might have the best uh, uh, example or best answer to this. What type of projects do you see being in the top 10 years or in the top 10 in 10 years? Will it be layer ones, metaverse, DeFi? What are your thoughts? I think uh, I think there will be probably two or three layer ones. Uh, I think there will be metaverse uh, projects, and right now I'm not going to say which metaverse projects because uh, it's such a it's such a such a new and quickly changing and growing and changing and growing uh, sort of uh, ecosystem that uh, in, in uh, I think uh, Smay said at one point he he didn't understand I think I think it was Decentraland or I don't remember which one he's like all it is is Roblox why do people this is not interesting I think I think as the technology develops I think there might be somebody that comes in and and knocks one of these off or but I think, uh, yeah, in terms of the, the niche metaverse projects are going to be up there because uh, those are also tied in with the NFTs and not the, how big NFTs are going to become. Uh, and just the whole ecosystems are going to build on top of it mm-hmm. and probably two or three layer ones. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think Bitcoin will still will definitely still be in the top 10. I don't know if it'll be number one. Gotcha. But well, let's keep going because we got you know a couple minutes here before we got to jump into some two minute technicals. Uh, Tom Wilkes uh, said, "Good morning, team. This is an appreciation for never having had my name butchered by anyone there. My entourage. Sorry, Smay. Appreciate that. LOL. Uh, man, Tom Wilkes. How how could someone say Wilkes? I don't know. Not gonna spend too long there. Let's go to the next question. Thank you so much, Tom. Eric Liddell said, "Red read yesterday the Feds made an arrest and seized stolen Bitcoin from Bitfinex hack, but nada about Feds giving Bitcoin back to the original owner." I'll answer that real quickly. Actually, Eric, they are. They're, there's actually an article they're talking about. They are working right now with Bitfinex and the authorities to get back in contact with people it was stolen from. So like I said in the beginning, if that was you, if anyone listening was one of the people who are hacked, make sure you keep an eye out because 
they are actually working to get that money back to you guys. Uh, interesting fact, I think Kelly said it, but when it was stolen, it was only worth like 71 million. Now it's worth like, I think the total was like 4.6 billion, but they only recovered 3.6, right? Right. They only record, the, the total amount would have been worth 4.5, 4.6 billion. They recovered around 3.6 billion. The same amount would have was worth only $71 million in, yeah. the, in the hack uh, in the 2016. Talk about a good way to hodl. Yeah. Let somebody else steal it and then get it back. And then, and then the authorities get back to you. That'd be great. And, and I mean, then, I hope it gets there. You know, it's, and things never work out as cleanly as we want them to. Yeah. So, uh, Cheddar Roman said, guys, please get on Rumble. Love your show. Uh, maybe, you know, we'll keep that in consideration. What, Bitcoinologist. What in the world is that? I don't know. Rumble uh, is another, it's kind of like when we, when we talk about multi-streaming, it's another, it's another avenue that people can view through. Oh, okay. Uh, the Bitcoinologist said, I wanted to agree to an earlier super chat. Please co stream to Rumble. Okay, so there's two. There's two votes. Uh, we got to do more research on that one, though. Mike Markle said, wondering if we have any news from T Shroom and how he's doing. So may I let you answer that? Do we have any news from T Shroom? No, but yeah. we are gearing up to try to make contact with him. I mean, he is. I miss that man. I miss he is so such much. a beautiful, lovely, uh, hardworking. Such a funny uh, guy. He's such a cool guy. And I miss him so much. And I can't wait to get him back. I cannot wait. Uh, uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get him back. Well, I, I saw in chat, someone said, real quick, Tim, can you go back to the charts? I'm going to go back before I jump into our tuning technicals on Link and HBAR. We're on Bitcoin right now. And, uh, you know, we're back, we're back below that $44,000 level. As I said at the beginning of the show, we've kind of been flirting there here for a good portion of this morning. Nothing too crazy. Let me look on the one hourly chart and see if anything crazy is happening there. Yeah, we're kind of moving sideways. Uh, nothing crazy happening. There's really, at the moment, there's not really bearish or bullish other side divergence on the hourly chart that I'm looking at. If I go, I'm, I'm almost certain if we look at the Bollinger Bands, we're going to see, yeah, constricting Bollinger Bands sitting right there at the 20 hourly SMA. Uh, so nothing crazy. I wouldn't, if I was you guys, I just wouldn't be freaking out about Bitcoin right now. I think when you're looking at some other charts, again, people in chat said, oh, why are you guys so bearish? The truth is I'm, I'm, I'm bullish over the next couple hours, if not days, then bearish that would set up inverse head and shoulders pattern, which is long time frame, very bullish. If anything, I actually have cha changed my mind because I used to say, again, if we couldn't close on the daily chart above that level of 44,000 that we needed to go back down to 33, we closed above it. So I'm actually in the camp right now that I'm not saying we're out of the woods and there's no way we, we will, but we do not have to go back down to the low 30s anymore. I think there's a good case. We only go as far as maybe 39.6 before a good rally that would put us up into the 50s. It would be phenomenal. Um, but let's see. Let's wait and see. At right now, I, we said it yesterday, and I don't think anything's changed here, too. I don't think this is a good buy spot, and I don't think this is a good sell spot. There is still that capability of could go up, could go down, which is what everybody hates. But at the end of the day, everything, everything is could go up, could go down. It's about the probabilities. And right now, the probabilities are not strong necessarily for either direction. It's an indecision moment. Let's wait for a confirmation to the upside or the downside before we make that higher prediction of, well, it could go up, could go down, but more likely to go up than down. And not only that, I don't think we even mentioned it yet. You know, we have, Smay mentioned it beautifully. We have so many different things that are upcoming with all these different news yeah. stories that are piling up. And then we have the CPI report coming out tomorrow, yes. which that very well could take the, 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 the lid off the can and things could just skyrocket, but it all very well could also just squash it directly back down. So not only in the charts is it sort of like this you know, choppy sort of zone, the news narrative of, of what the completely opposite directions, we have no idea which direction it's going to be tomorrow. So we just need to be patient right now. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do our two minute technicals. I am going to do the best I can to actually keep these in two minutes. So the first thing I want to show you guys before I jump into some RSI, MACD and everything else is we do have, you guys can see I have notes written here so I don't get lost and fumble around. We are sitting in, and you'll see two different lines, in a symmetrical triangle pattern. We came into this from a bullish momentum. So therefore, guys, this is a bullish indicator. I do think Link is going to be heading and eventually breaking these levels of resistance to the upside. You're going to see one's a little fainter. You're going to see why I have those with those different candle bodies. But there's a larger one right there. Same thing with the lighter blue. There's a couple different places we bounced off it there. But in a longer time frame, we have this darker blue one. As you can see, this line, so I have a note right here saying daily bullish RSI divergence. We're going to go look at the hourly chart as well. But you are going to see that we do have daily RSI divergence, bullish RSI divergence. And what I mean by that is here, price down. But what do we have on the RSI? Price up. In the same breath, though, we also have MACD kind of confirming that. Daily MACD, we have an uptick in the MACD, downtick in price action. So as you guys can see right here, we did have that bullish RSI slash MACD 
divergence that is sending us to the upside. Uh, but, you know, let's go down to the hourly chart. You're going to see that there is a potential, I think. We got to look and see what plays out here. We do have both bullish and bearish RSI divergence. And and here I'm actually going to say potentially the bulls are winning out because as you can see, we have a downtick in RSI, uptick in price. That's bearish RSI divergence. But did that play out right here? Because it, what it did was go ahead and set up bullish RSI divergence. So while we see both of them and there is a chance that potentially we could move to the downside a little bit more over the next couple of hours, you there is a case that potentially that bearish played out and we're now ready for the bullish to play out. So as you guys see right there, just confirming. The same thing with MACD, it's like they're almost like mirrored. You're gonna see the exact same thing. We have both this bearish downtick in MACD, uptick in price, but then downtick in MACD, uptick in price on the bottom. So that is actually something that is potentially very bullish. What I think most likely will happen, if I were to come over here, I think going back to the daily chart, I had one more note I wanted to say, get rid of our MACD and RSI. Uh, we have daily constricting Bollinger Bands. This is actually an anticipation of most likely a breakout. So if I go right here, you guys are gonna see we are constricting on the Bollinger Bands. We are not getting wider, but what this leads to potentially, as I just said, could we move a little bit to the downside, bounce off that 20 SMA, and then create some volatility that would send us back to the upside? This is something we do need to look at on the weekly chart. Last thing I'm looking at here, there's a very bullish on the weekly chart. We did bounce off the bottom of the Bollinger Bands right there all along with the bottom of the support level. We're rounding to the top. Long story short, guys, I think that uh, Link is in, if you're looking at a larger time frame, Link is in for the next couple of months being very bullish. I love what I'm seeing there. That's not trading advice. That's not financial advice. I'm just looking at it from a quick two-minute technical. That's Link. Let's go over to HBAR. Uh, HBAR is our other project we're working on here. Let's start on the daily chart, and let's see what is happening. Again, I wrote my notes here. There we go. So daily chart's a little bit different. Daily chart on HBAR, on and I don't need MACD because, again, it's probably going to say the exact same thing as the RSI. We have both, again. We have the bullish and the bearish RSI divergence. As you can see in a larger time frame, we're coming really, really, really stinking close to the end of this symmetrical triangle pattern. Same as Link. We came bullish into it. More often than not, we end up leaving it bullish. Could this be the time? Could we break through this level of resistance right now? Or do we need to come down one more time, playing deeper into symmetrical triangle pattern before we break up? But you're going to see we do have both the daily bullish and uh, bearish RSI divergence. What do I mean by that? Obviously, we have a down in price, but a flat level of RSI. That's not strong bearish RSI divergence. What that is called is weak bearish RSI divergence. It's still a changing of direction, but it's not as strong. And that kind of makes sense, seeing as that we're coming to the end of this symmetrical triangle pattern. It's saying that potentially we go down one more time, but we don't have to go down that far. It is the one that plays out more recently because you guys can see we do have a downtick in price action, but an uptick in RSI. This was the bullish RSI divergence that sent us up here. But I, I would not be surprised if we see a bounce off of this resistance, come back down one more time before that breakout. It's same thing. I, you know, it's not as important, but I'm going to show you guys on the four hourly chart, kind of seeing a similar sentiment. Uh, we have only it's a little bit different. We had bearish RSI divergence. Uh, oh, sorry, bullish RSI divergence sending us up. Bearish RSI divergence sending us back down. Let's see what I draw this right here. You guys can see the price action goes up. The top says the tops. The excuse me, lips. Two minute technicals are hard. The tops on the RSI stay flat. Gosh, two minute technicals are also kind of boring because I, I don't get to use my voice inflection because I'm trying to get through the information as quick as possible and be Jeb. I'm not Jeff. All right, here we go. The bottom of the RSI went down, but the price action went up. So this is the bullish RSI divergence. I think we're going to come up here again, just like I said on the daily chart, hit this resistance, potentially come back down before a break. That's two minute technicals. That was HBAR and that was Link. And I'm going to let Kelly talk for just a second because that was fun. Uh, well, I think you did. I think you did an excellent job. I always, I always love it when you have the chair. I mean, I love it when Jeb has the chair, but I, I love watching you grow, Tim. I've loved watching you grow over this last Gosh. last year. Uh, it's really phenomenal. In terms of the the two main technicals with the within the the altcoins, uh, you know, one of the things that we need to keep in mind right now is, for the most part, uh, most of the altcoins, Ethereum included, uh, are following this sort of indefined trend that we have right now because we were in a downtrend. We're in this interim. Is it a stair step to another breakdown, or is it going to about to shoot back up to the sky? Uh, who knows, right? And everything's sort of kind of waiting for Big Brother Bitcoin yeah. to to make its decision because Bitcoin. The 
the reason why Bitcoin is that determining market indicator for for major smart money and the long term holders that have been in crypto the longest, right? Because Bitcoin's been around the longest. If they're thinking that the the this is a good spot to for uh, the price is starting to move up, then there's a lot more confidence in, in, in yeah. investing and putting your money into smaller projects. So yeah. we're really waiting yeah. on that right now. So a lot of these, a lot of these altcoins would we could interchange any of them and, and do the two minute technicals with slight variations on them. So we're just waiting on that big brother to yeah, make its move. And what I want to say before we close the stream, because we did tell you today's an hour long show. So we are literally here, like what, two minutes away from closing out. But look at the Ethereum chart real quick, because I told you we would look at it very quickly. What is interesting is Ethereum, like we said earlier, it was up 3.8%, whereas Bitcoin was only up 0.8 or it was something like that. Those numbers were in there. Look at this price section right here. Look at how Ethereum's on the four-hour chart, it's back down, it's back down flat, but it was up here above this four-hourly close a little bit ago. Remember, when I was looking at Bitcoin, I'm anticipating it's the same thing. Potentially, did Ethereum work ahead of Bitcoin and do the move before Bitcoin, and Bitcoin's about to follow and have a close up here around 45,000, maybe even higher. Maybe we close at 46,000 before, again, I think it's gonna set up bearish side inversions, come back down, but is Ethereum maybe giving us a window or a picture into what the future hours of Bitcoin looks like? I don't know. That being said, everyone's favorite transition sentence is definitely mine. Guys, I loved being here. I loved being here on the show. I want to wrap out and just let you guys know. Breathe. Breathe. We just went through a massive season of boringness in crypto and it's getting interesting. But just as bad as flooding out of markets, it's just as bad to FOMO into markets. Breathe. Breathe. There's going to be some great buying opportunities coming up. If you want to buy right now because you're thinking about the long term, that is phenomenal. But make sure you're not just acting on impulse of emotion, but you're going and doing your research. You're looking at the charts. You're looking at the news channels. You're looking the reliable ones. You're looking at all of the on-chain metrics. You're compiling a great idea. You have your strategy put in place. Don't just wake up, see that the price rallied by $1,000 and impulse buy in breathe go do your research this channel is all about increasing your ability to have financial sovereignty and guess what if you're doing nothing but freaking out all the time that is still even if you're making billions if you're freaking out constantly about what you're doing in crypto that is still the money having the control over you instead of you having control of your money breathe relax be wise educate yourself and go set yourself up for a life of freedom that will allow you to do what you were made to do here on this earth that's all i have for today i loved hosting Jeb will be back tomorrow. I'll be gone. I'm going to Maine, leaving tomorrow morning. I'll be back next Wednesday. So with that being said, I will see you guys Wednesday. Have a good day. Listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9:30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.